back to another episode of Business Intelligence. Uh, very happy to be back. We've talked about SEO, artificial intelligence. This episode, I want to focus on business process. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I think I call it right. About a year ago, in the beginning of the pandemic, I got interviewed, and I mentioned this in one of our previous episodes, by a local newspaper. Mm-hmm. And, and he was asking me, uh, so where is this going to lead us to? And I was like, I, I'm not an oracle, but I think this is gonna, this thing is not gonna go away until maybe three, four years later. Right. right. So from the economic perspective, and what I can see here, um, you know, from all the evidence and observations, I think the economic engine is humming, but there's no, there's not enough gas. I was at Panera Bread this morning, and I found out that they changed their business hours from um, 7 to 9 o'clock at night to now 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Right. And the reason was they didn't have enough staff. Mm-hmm. Right? And there was a sign, big sign in the Panera Bread that says, you know, uh, please apologize. Please forgive us for not having uh, certain items available because we're experiencing national shortage. Right. And like I mentioned in um, other episodes, this is not new. Right. So you have all these businesses that are suffering from um, the shortage of ingredients, shortage of um, personnel resources. So we really live in a precarious world. Mm-hmm. Now, for all those businesses, um, you know, there are things that you cannot control. There are things that you could control, right? And I, I, I wanted to have a theme for this episode that talks about business process because business process is something that you could control, right? When I say business process... I particularly mean how you operate your business, how you handle, for example, leads coming in. Right. How do you handle serving customers, providing customer support, and getting the revenue, and then hopefully the customer repeating repeating customers. Right. You want yeah. the com- customers to come back and and get more from you. Um, so while I was um, at Preneur Bread, I put in the order via app. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a business process um, renovation and innovation. Right. But New York Bread, like Chipotle, they have invested millions, if not billions, of dollars uh, ramping the infrastructure, allowing the customers to order online right. digitally. And that effort has paid off tremendously, especially during the pandemic. Right? And now that people got used to the idea of ordering online, uh, people now order online. Because right? yeah. they don't want to wait yeah. in person. Although, you know, obviously with the U.S. economy opening up, uh, people now uh, coming back to stores, they're willing to wait. But they don't. They were not willing to wait in line for like 20, 30 minutes. They much rather wanted to, um, you know, put in the order and then go to the store and pick it up and be done with it. Right. Here's, the, here's what I found out. Like uh, over the weekend I was at Panera Bread. I put in the order. Right. It turns out that everybody put in the order digitally through their mobile app, and everybody was waiting at the scene. You know, you know obviously because mm-hmm. of the personnel shortage, and because of the business process now being different. Like nobody is ordering um, at the cashier. Um, so that to me is something that has changed significantly over time. I don't know whether you remember this or not about. Three, four, five years ago, probably four or five years ago, McDonald's started utilizing all these kiosks. Yes. Yep. Right? With, you know, beautiful screen. They've made an investment, huge investment, putting all these machines 
in stores. Think right. about how many stores um, there is in, in the United States. McDonald's, they are in the United States. It's huge, right? In that annual report um, for that cycle, it actually revealed that McDonald's uh, got to save so much in personnel costs, mm-hmm. right? Simply because they, you know, obviously they had to make the, the upfront investment putting together the machines. But again, that's business process. That, right. that relates back to how you serve your customers, how you view that as a very important part of your business process and you want to keep bettering it. Yeah. Right? And now, how does that relate it to entrepreneurs and business owners? So people have been focusing on the wrong thing, I believe. Because mm-hmm. you see all these conversations and discussions around minimum wage. Right. So we know the federal minimum wage is seven twenty-five. You can never hire a person at seven twenty-five, especially in a time like this when every business is looking for people. Right. We're talking about restaurant, you know, stores, storefronts, you know, all kinds of business spanning from all these industries, mm-hmm. right? So seven twenty-five minimum wage level. That's. I really don't think that's the point. Right. For us to focus on, because you can never seven twenty-five is irrelevant. You can never even um, hire enough people at 15 to a point that Amazon last week announced that they are going to increase their, their um, uh, wage rate to $18 per hour. Mm-hmm. So when the going market rate is way above the minimum wage level, minimum wage level is a fake issue. Right. right? Now, from the business owner perspective, you know that um, if your business relies on personnel resources – probably are going to be in an uphill battle to, to bring your business to enough level where enough staffing level that your, so for your business to be well covered. Right. Right. So what can you do to renovate? What can you do to change? Um, now, even on the hiring front, there is something that potentially you could do, right? Mm-hmm. So Joey and I, we, we had a client that came in last week. Um, you want to talk about what the problem was? Yeah, so, I mean, they, like so many other countries, like, uh, companies like you talked about, are being affected by the labor shortage right now. And so what they're looking to do is they need to optimize their hiring process to attract more of the right kinds of people that they're looking to work with. Um, they're looking for uh, so, you know, certain, certain people to take care of some of the labor that they have at their different uh, factories and their facilities. And so they came to us like, how can we do a better job of this? You know, they looked at some of the traditional channels, like some job platforms and they hadn't gotten too much return yet, and they still are being faced with this shortage. So they came in and they said, yeah, what can we do to you know, have be- create a better funnel for ourselves so we can contact people, uh, you know, understand really quick like, whether or not we're going to want to work with them? How do we move the process along more efficiently? Right. So, yeah. so, so we're not staffing companies. No, no, yeah, we're just they've got the, st- they, they, they've got the, the vacancies. They've got the people that can hire them. They have no idea how to fill that system with qualified candidates. So it's the outreach effort. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what they're, what they're really interested in doing. And so we prescribed for them you know, a, a process that very much like what we would do when we have clients that are looking for uh, traditional kinds of like inbound leads. So if they're looking mm-hmm. for new customers or new uh, clients, if they're, if they're in consulting or business-to-business type services, uh, they need to create a better way of getting people in the door. So that's the first part, identifying you know, where, like, who are you looking for. Where do we believe we can find this uh, particular demographic? Setting up the different kinds of ads, pulling from the data that we can scrape from, you know, what Google's sharing, what Facebook and Instagram are sharing with us, 
and then, of course, uh, measuring the ROI. In their case, they have a very specific metric that they're looking at, and that is cost per applicant. What is the that's you know it's there for them CPA is cost per applicant. Where are they getting the, mo- the the most return? Is it from Facebook ads? Is it from Google ads? If it is Google ads, which type should we be focused more on search ads or display ads? Where where are we getting the most efficient process to find these new applicants so we can keep our other business processes? fully staffed, and, and, and so that doesn't hinder our growth. At this point, you might wonder, oh, why can't this particular business go to uh, the traditional platforms like Indeed.com or you know, all these um, uh, headhunters? But you see, the outreach effort, the way that we characterize the problem is that you need to actively address the problem. You're not just posting the ads. Right. How do you get to the people that you want to hire, right? So all these job app platforms, they are trying to gather all these applicants right. to look for jobs. But this particular type of client, because of the type of business that they're in, the, the target audience gathered by the platforms, by the job app platforms, don't serve them well. Right. Right? So, so again, that's an example of you uh, actively looking for ways to better your business process. Right? Not relying on, not just relying on the existing tools available, but actively think about how you could do better, right? Mm-hmm. How you could, and I, I really like the way that you characterize uh, uh, the ROI, right? right. So it's cost per applicant. You want to find an, a process that could help you tie directly with the revenue position or with your end goal. Yeah. And, and not a lot of people are doing that right now um, because you, know, you, you have the one size fits all kind of solutions that exist everywhere. Yeah, and I think that's a problem. I, th- I think if you see, even something like uh, if you're, you know, if you're fo- if you're only focused on driving revenue, you know, maybe your company needs to be more concerned with profitability. Like there's, right. you need to know, r- relative to your specific instance right now, like what do you need to be measuring for? Find that one singular goal and then optimize the whole process around that. And I think that's our, that's always the very first part of every conversation we have with clients when we're running process for them. Where do we want to get to, and how do we measure it? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, we've had a, a lot more clients that have uh, been selling like intangible services. Yeah. Right. So a lot of these businesses, their ultimate goal is to make connections, try to find that target audience remotely in the virtual world. Right. right? Um, and, and we're blessed to be in a situation where uh, probably 20 years ago, we didn't have like that wide of professional network. Yeah. So or, or the professional network that existed 20, 30 years ago. Uh, was being presented in a very different way. Right? Mm-hmm. Think about how you need to make connections 20, 30 years ago. I mean, you go to the cocktail parties. You yeah, attend, you have your Rolodex, your business card stack. Yes, yeah. you attended all these different functions and yep. all that. I, I, I wasn't a particular fan of that kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, events, but I know at the time, you know, when I was in a professional service industry, that, that was how I get myself out there. That right. was how I really get connected with, with the professional network. 20, 30 years later, now we have, oh, by the way, I'm not that old. I just wanted to make, <laughs> make sure that people understand that. But I think the landscape has shifted very significantly. Yeah. Right? Because we have all these tools available. I mean, talk about LinkedIn. Yeah. Perfect right? example. 20, 20 years ago, LinkedIn wasn't there. And now, and, and along the way, LinkedIn was being seen as kind of like the professional version of Facebook. Yeah. But now they've made enough improvements and pivots to be positioned even more differently mm-hmm. at this point, right? LinkedIn has now been used as so many different ways 
to establish leads, to make, um, you know, uh, to broaden your professional network, so many different purposes. And we've seen a lot of businesses start using LinkedIn as an, part of their outreach effort. Have you seen the yeah. same thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, um, that's really come onto the scene. I think every, uh, you said every, every business-to-business client that we've gotten, at least at some point, has, has asked about, you know, what is the most effective LinkedIn strategy? How can they be leveraging it? Should we be advertising on there? How much should we be budgeting for there? And I think the, con- the, the conversation's shifted now at this point mm-hmm. to, you know, away from should we be on LinkedIn to how do we make the most yes. of LinkedIn? And that's, that, it's, a very, it's very different now. Yeah, you see a lot of influencers yes. uh, on LinkedIn. And, and not only that, I mean, LinkedIn by itself provides a lot of education opportunities for professionals yeah. better themselves. Yeah, their platform in and of itself is really start, like I think they've recognized it. And now the new, fe- you know, even feature updates that they release. Uh, did you know LinkedIn has stories now? I, I don't <laughs> think it's a hell of a, I, I, I have not uh, used it very much. But the fact that they're introducing features like this, um, mm-hmm. they have... Uh, you know, LinkedIn articles, like their own in-house uh, blogging right. platform, which I think is unique from what you see on Facebook or Instagram. Right. But they have these different tools for people that want to really increase their voice on there because they realize that now companies and, and professionals and creators, like, they're all starting to – they're aware of what the platform is and, like, what potential it has, and they're just trying to come up with more ways to, to help capitalize on so it. So the question is, how, how has that changed the business owners, right? How has that helped? the business owners in thinking about their business process. So I think one of the big advantages to that shift now is that people are like, they're, they're very aware of the platform and they realize that like, you know, even if I'm not in like a traditional like business role, well, you see um, more, you know, medical professionals, for example, like you see other industries that are outside of the traditional accounting, marketing, sales teams, like those kinds of roles. It's, it's broadening more. If you're a professional in, any type of industry. Now I think, you know, I, I, I can make a, it's a general statement, but I think there's a place for you on LinkedIn now. Mm-hmm. And other companies are seeing this that do service those industries and saying, oh, hey, you know, now for the first time, if I am facing somebody in, in that industry, a LinkedIn campaign still wor- might work for me. Mm-hmm. So now, now that's aggregating more and more of these different types of professionals, I think it's presented more opportunity. But then with that, you know, back to what we started with, the question of how do we enhance that process because now that you do have so many opportunities on there mm-hmm. it becomes harder to pinpoint the right like the right strategy right there there's a lot more noises yeah yeah yeah, yeah well I, I think that's a blessing too right, right because because the, the, the reason why there's more a lot more noises is simply because there are more people on it yeah, um, yeah it's a good problem to have it's you know it's yeah. abundance now there's so yep. much going on now I just have to pick and choose the right parts. Right. It's very, very different. Right. With respect to the business process, I mean, LinkedIn started out as kind of like a platform that attract people to be on so that you could actually expose yourself right. to better your job search process. Yeah. Yeah. It's broad, broader than that. Yeah. Now, now it's beyond that. Right? Yeah. So we see and we utilize LinkedIn as a platform to help our, help our clients generate leads at this point. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, LinkedIn allows you to pinpoint because you voluntarily you voluntarily provide all these information about your title and the organization and the role that you play and the job descriptions. Everything yeah. is on there, yep. right? So with a little bit of algorithm, you know uh, exactly who the key decision makers are right. uh, for what types of products that potentially um, you know, would interest them. And, and that's how we identify you know, LinkedIn as a platform to generate leads. Right. And there is an automation process behind that as well, yeah. um, utilizing LinkedIn as a platform to better the business process for 
you know, it doesn't matter what you do mm-hmm. at this point. Because if, you're, if your business involves making connections to people, and <laughs> maybe 9.9 out of 10, um, right. chances you your business involves with people because you want to make a sale. Yeah. Right. Um, and and the highly added value services are generally the ones that uh, allow that would allow you to not have a brick and mortar store mm. to promote. Right. Yeah. Um, so all these services, um, how do you make connections? LinkedIn becomes a, a key component for you to better your business process. So that's just one part of it. Right. right. And we talked about in the previous previous episodes utilizing AI, SEO, you know, all these uh, different tools um, to serve your customers, to, to serve your customers better. Mm-hmm. But with respect to business process, are there more things that we could share? Yeah. So I think uh, you know, sticking with LinkedIn as as the example, I think um, you know it's a process that has a couple different components to it. So if, if we'll we'll focus on what you talked about, generating leads through right. LinkedIn. Right. Now, there's all different ways to, to kind of define, like, you know, you're trying to get a, a lead isn't just new contacts. It's somebody that is, you know, you're actively engaging with right. that you're measuring, you know, you're at the top level of the funnel, how many people can you can you reach? How well can you reach them? You know, what, what and as you work your way down at that funnel, having a different metric that you're watching every time. You know, it's not just, okay, we, we reached out to a thousand people. That's great. But we want to go deeper. How many can we get to engage with us? And from there, how many people actually, you know, convert into customers of our of our service that we're providing? Right. So, you know, like if there's a whole slew of communication strategy behind it as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's that whole process. You can't look at it as just one singular, you know, component. If we LinkedIn ad campaign, uh, LinkedIn lead campaigns mm-hmm. are, you know, that's one option that you have. And that's where you just run a an advertisement and you solicit leads. They they go on, they sign up to either have a demo or they sign up to apply for a job, but sponsored posts with the goal of collecting contact that's right. information. That's now right. that's a very like marginally, it's a very costly endeavor. Right. You know, compared to like a Facebook lead campaign or running a, a landing page, right. that's more costly. So if you need something beyond just getting the the the, the information on that person to contact them. That might not be the best solution. That's where, again, when we talk about like setting a really strong goal, whenever you're start, whenever you're creating a new process, mm-hmm. that's that's where it starts. So we started this episode by introducing, by talking about Panera Bread, right. and McDonald's, and their their use of digital technology to um, allow their customers to put in orders and collect orders. Yeah. Because in their in in their business, that's the that's the most important part. Yeah. Get the customers in, get the customers out. I mean, the customers understand what Panera Bread offers, understand what McDonald's sells. So you don't need to really um, uh, really beat the dead horse, right? right. So they understand all that. Uh, but for your business, what is the key component? What is the core component in your business process? Yeah. Sometimes it's lead generation, as we talked about. Have you identified the most effective lead generation uh, strategy? Sometimes it's a communication piece, right? right? So when the leads come in, are you messaging your service right, mm-hmm. right, or products right? Yeah. And sometimes it's customer support and customer service. Like, for example, like talking about the banking industry, there's really not that much to differentiate, right? If mm-hmm. I were to get a mortgage, for example, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the only key point that I'm trying to, uh, trying to focus on is how low the rate could be. Right. Right. I don't care whether I'm borrowing from the largest organization or the largest bank or the smallest community community bank. As long as I could get the mortgage rate low, yeah. I'm going to go with it. So every industry, every business 
is running with a different core value proposition. Identifying that core value proposition and just having a laser focus on whether or not the existing business process helps you promote that most um, uh, that that component with most added value is the key. Right. Right. So we have many many different clients that come to us. We see ourselves as a business consultancy because what we're providing is beyond tools. Right. We yeah. want we want them to understand. Oh, you know what? Lead generation wise, you could do better um, because of the industry that you're in, or you know, you probably want to focus on a little bit on, on the customer end so that you could have that recurring piece yeah. um, to make sure that your revenue position is, is solid, right? right? And sometimes is the internal process, right? Uh, there was a client that we talked to, didn't even have the forecast, financial forecast in place, mm. right? Now, he wanted to make all these different investments to better his business. Right. But he doesn't even know, for example, a certain investment, how much would a certain investment cost, and I asked him the question. I, I, I said, I don't, I don't care, you know, whether this particular infrastructure is going to cost $10,000 or $20,000. Do you have a potential revenue position to justify that, right? right? And if you think that after you build that infrastructure, the, the business will come in, that's fine too. But you need to make an assumption. Is, it, is, is the, the newly generated revenue going to justify the infrastructural expense in 12 months? 24 months or 36 months. Right. Because time, that there's a cost component in it, right? Yeah. Time is money. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I think that's what I, what I um, uh, generally worry about what our, where our clients are coming from because mm-hmm. they don't know, right? So, for example, that, that medical company that, that approached us last week, the personnel piece is very important because, you know, in their business, they need people. They need, like, right. physical labor, Right. To deal with that, without physical labor, they cannot continue building on their business. So let's take care of that. Right. Right. So if your business means that you know, you, if you're in a business where, you know, potentially an automation process could take care of the marketing professionals, could take care of, you know, the 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 bookkeeping needs. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's use the tools. Let's not hire people. Let's use the tools. Right. Right. But. Again, it requires you to have that self-awareness and really look at what your business needs, right? Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, and I think um, it was from, from all of our conversation today, looking at some, like, where are some of the components that really help you, like, because when you're defining that goal in the beginning, right. I think one of the common things you hear us bring up is cost per X. Yes. And that's not just, you know, call, we talked about specifically cost per applicant, cost per lead. In past episodes, we call, we've discussed cost per transaction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, like those are very common ones. Um, businesses can have very specific ones. Like if there's some specific, like there, there's some unique activity that you're trying to promote. You know, can you do it at a cost effective way? You're going to be you know cost per whichever action that is. Even um, you know a few episodes prior, we talked about the. Uh, you, you know, use of AI to help mm-hmm. you enhance your content creation, your content uh, sharing across social right. media. Right. You know, what is the, in this case, cost per content, cost per mm-hmm. piece of content? Yes, that's right. There's a, there's a numeric value that can be assigned to it, and you can understand, like, where your expenses are going. If there's automation software that costs under $50 a month mm-hmm. versus the hiring of a, an extra social me- an extra person on your marketing team, yep. you know, what, what is the, the like, there's your value, that difference in saving. 
you know, cost per piece of content that you can produce using the automated system versus the person. Like there, there are all these different factors to consider. And that's right. important when you set goals. Right. And I think that having the understanding of, of maintaining the core personnel in your business is important. Yeah. Right. Cause you don't want, there are things that you could outsource. Right. Right. So, um, like Fiverr, you could go to Fiverr and or all sorts of different other websites to find the freelancers that serve the purpose, right? Right. And then you're looking at uh, tasks that could be split up in pieces. Yes. Right. And and you know in in that case you're you're literally hiring people in silos because mm-hmm. you don't care about whether or not they adhere to your company vision right. or mission or not. It doesn't matter, right? You want to get the tasks done, right? And there are a lot of things actually that could allow you to do that yeah right the core personnel obviously you you don't want your your cfo or cto or cio to not share your mission yeah uh, but at the same time you know there are things that you could do to better your business process without costing you an arm and a leg right i think that's something important too it's not necessarily that you know a uh, 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 caution against hiring right no it's more uh, hi- this frees you up to hire smarter. That's right. That's the, that's the big difference. If there are processes that's that right. you can you can expedite, you can automate, and you can bring down the, the cost per whichever action that is in your mm-hmm. company, then you have avail- more available resources to hire the right people to help you propel the, the company at the, at the higher level. Right. Help push that mission forward. And that's what that's, – I think that's the big benefit to enhancing your process. And in the beginning of the episode, I – Briefly mentioned Chipotle, right? Because mm-hmm. Chipotle made the similar investment in their infrastructure of allowing people to order online and, and use, their, use their app. Actually, Chipotle made that decision right after they uh, were having trouble. Remember, there was, there was an E. coli outbreak yeah. for yeah. Chipotle. And Chipotle's image was actually brought down significantly after that, yeah. that uh, fiasco. Um, yep. And so they got they got a new CEO. I think they hired a new CEO from uh, a formal Taco Bell uh, executive. I could be wrong, but this CEO was from outside of Chipotle yeah, organization. Yeah. And he came in. He, his first um, uh, prescription to Chipotle was to build that infrastructure um, to allow customers to, to order online. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, at the time the. When Chipotle was absolutely at the bottom, their revenue position was being challenged, right? Because their mission was to source, you know, local ingredients, right. healthy organic ingredients. Right. And because of the E. coli outbreak, it challenged their mission by, you know, questioning whether they have the infrastructure enough in place to monitor food safety. Because mm-hmm. when you want to source everything locally, you yeah. you, you have to have a system in place to monitor the safety because right. you're dealing with all sorts of different vendors. Oh, right? that you have multiple supply chains at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it's difficult. Yep. So when the new CEO came in and when he made that decision of investing in the infrastructure, allowing people to order online, he was facing a lot of criticism, mm-hmm. right? You could call it luck because right after it, right after the infrastructure was built, COVID happened. Mm. Right. And then at the time people, Wanted to order online, and thankfully Chipotle had has or had at the time had already the system built in, yeah. right? But at the time when he made the decision, there was no COVID, and they just came out of the, the fiasco of the E. coli challenge. How I often wonder, like, what gave him the courage to understand the importance of renovating the business process, focusing on the long haul making sure that we're looking into the future. 
And I challenge every single business uh, owner to think the same way. It's mm-hmm. not about the status quo. It's how you pivot. It's how you get ready for the next wave, right? Um, identifying your core value, making sure that you understand what can be done to renovate and innovate, and you're always on the move right. uh, is the key. Anything that you wanted to add? No, I think that really, uh, I think that hits home. That makes sense. Yeah. So we encourage all the business owners, if you um, you know have some questions or if you wanted to um, you know, ask us for help. Reach out to us. Um, you know, we we could. We're passionate. Uh, we're very eager to help uh, business owners to solve problems. Um, and I think the most important thing is knowing that we've served all these different clients across industries. We've seen enough, and we understand uh, potentially what your challenges are. And th- thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Take care, everybody. Here at WD Strategies, we help our clients develop leads, provide integration services, and expand their revenue model. We combine our consulting experiences and technological expertise to build business solutions. If you're interested in taking your business to another level, click on the link below or visit wd-strategies.com to schedule a free consultation.